You're listening to Accelerate Churches Podcast, located in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Thank you for joining us. We pray you leave inspired, and this message helps you build your faith. We hope you enjoy this word from our lead pastor, Ernest Grant II. We are starting a new series. I don't know how necessary it is, but it's called Love, Sex, and Dating, right? <laughs> I know some of y'all are ready. Like, Pastor, it's time for you to jump on in and talk about this thing because I've got questions, you know. But no matter where you are on your relationship pendulum right now, you could be looking for love or maybe you're single right now, post a divorce, or maybe you've been married for decades. I really believe that God has an important word for each and every one of us in here so that we can maximize and cultivate our relationships. So do me a favor. I'm in the book of Song of Solomon. Woo, yes. Book of Song of Song, Song of Solomon. I'm going to read four verses for us today. Four verses. It simply says, The Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Oh, that he would kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your caresses or your love is more delightful than wine. The fragrance of your perfume is intoxicating. Your name is perfume poured out. No wonder the young women adore you. Take me with you. Let's hurry. Oh, that the king would bring me into his chamber. Listen to the chorus of young ladies. This is what they say. We will rejoice and be glad with you. We will celebrate your caresses. That's the word lovemaking there. And it means we will celebrate it more than wine. Woo, we got alcohol and sex in verse two. Come on here. Come on. Come on. We, we going in. Why don't you let me pray for you? Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you glory and honor. We thank you so much that you are so good to us. Lord, in spite of all the things that we've done wrong. Lord, thank you for being our cornerstone, our solid ground. We pray that you encourage our hearts so that we will know you and the power of how you can change relationships for your good and for your glory. So, Lord, we love you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. And everybody that agreed with that, say... Amen. Amen. So listen, one thing you'll learn about us here at ACTV, that's a little acronym we use, uh, is that we are really, really focused and passionate about helping people with good relationships. Whether that's, whether that's developing healthy relationships or friendships, whether it's fulfilling, um, fulfilling marriages, whatever it is, we want you to experience joy and fullness in whatever, whatever relational estate you're in right now. So that's why we're beginning a new sermon series called, as you guessed, Love, Sex, and Dating. And what we're going to talk about is physical attraction. We'll talk about dating, marriage, sex, marital fights, how do you keep the love burning after you've been uh, married for a while. And so whether you're looking for love um, and you're single and you're looking for love or whether you're uh, divorced or whatever it is, I believe that there is something in here that can be a benefit and blessing to each and every one of us. You know, we seem to live in a culture and society right now where everybody is preoccupied with these three things. Right? If you get online, if you Google marriage right now, you will get 3.6 billion hits. If you Google relationships, you will get 1.3 billion hits. And hopefully you have your safe search on. Shout out to you if you do. Uh, but if you have your safe search on, you will get 5.6 billion hits on sex. And whereas people are like really, really obsessed with these things, they're really obsessed with relationships and obsessed with sex and obsessive dating, there seems to be a lot of dysfunction in our approaches to them. 
There's like a deep desire for us to have these meaningful relationships, but there's a lack of wisdom and know-how and skill on how to cultivate them. And so many of you know that there's a lot of confusion around love and dating, but you'll know also that there's a lot of confusion and contending voices regarding the subject of sex. Some of us say, you know, the only thing that matters in sex is that you love the person. And if you love them and, you know, the sex is consensual, you can engage in as much as you like. Others are like, what's love got to do with it? Right? Sex, they like, Pastor, don't you know that sex is, is, a, is a matter of self-expression? Don't you know that it's empowerment, Pastor? Don't you know that it's as natural as eating and drinking? And, and who cares? As long as it's consensual, you can have sex with whomever, regardless of their gender. It, it doesn't matter as long as you can do this, right? And some of us might be like, you know what? Um, I got your little mailer, and it was nice. It was cute, little couple on the thing. But, but why are we using the Bible? the wildly outdated, archaic Bible as the foundation of what we believe to be about sex. I mean, don't you know that it's wildly outdated, right? I did a little research on your book, Song of Solomon, and don't you know that it's a, it's a, it's a cisgendered, heterosexual couple, like a marriage that's going on here? Don't you know that sex is fluid? Don't you know, Pastor, that it's evolving? Don't you know that post-1960s, that we reversed all those archaic biblical mores, and now you can do what you want? These are our bodies. Well, if that's you, welcome to the cookout. <laughs> let me just tell you, you'll be, home at here, you'll be at home here with Accelerate Church. We love you. Here, let, let, can I make my argument? Can I be a philosopher for a second? Regardless of whether you think the Bible is a book of literature, or you think it's the authoritative word of God, I really think that it has some helpful tools on how to have great relationships, right? That's number one. And number two, and I don't mean to be crass here, but I I believe that God created each and every one of us. And we see this in the open chapters of Genesis. That's the first book in the Bible. And I, I don't mean to be crass, but I believe that God made men with their sexual organ. I believe that he filled those testicles with sperm. I believe that he made women complementary to men, create, gave them estrogen and reproductive organs and a thing of a, a bunch of other things like that. It's going to be PG, I promise you. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm, trying. I'm giving it my best. I'm giving it my best. I got babies here. I'm trying. I'm trying, man. I'm God. Help me, Jesus, right? Help me. I'm trying. Lord, right? But then, so God creates man and woman. And then in Genesis 2.24, he says, be fruitful and multiply. Hallelujah. One of the best verses in the scriptures. We need to apply that in the context of a marriage, right? And so he says that. And so God gives us the gift of sex for protection, for procreation, but also for pleasure. Oh, let, let me go on. Let me go on. I'm going to get to it. I promise you. So, so I, I'm going to just be honest. I don't think the Bible is archaic. I just think that it's timeless. I think it was, I think it was explaining God's original intent when he created sex. So I'm not trying to reverse those mores and principles. I'm trying to get back to them because I'm trying to have sex like God wants me to have sex. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Amen. There's a lot of amen up here today. Okay. So, 
so, okay, so to make matters worse, so there's a lot of competing voices about sex. There's a lot of competing voices about relationships. But let's be honest, a lot of times the church is silent on these issues, right? So that's why over the next few weeks, we're going to have a study in the book called Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. And what you're going to see is this is like a duet between, two, like between a couple, right? And, and let me just tell you, it unabashedly talks about sex. Right? Some rabbis wouldn't let their students read this book until they were of age because, like, there's no gradual, there's no gradual climb in this book. She says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth because his love is better than wine. That's verse 2. She comes out of the gate swinging. <laughs> and so I, I promise you today, here, here's what I can promise you, right, that this will be PG-13. Can somebody say that? It's going to be? PG if I say anything, I, I, I know we're in the middle of cancel culture right now. If I say anything crude or inappropriate, don't cancel me. <laughs> Dear God, you can barely say anything in public discourse. Don't cancel me, right? But I'm, try, I'm working hard. If, if, if I say something that's crude or inappropriate, please send an email to Pastor Jacob at <laughs> jacobillion at acceleratechurch.tv, okay? Just send him an email. Don't even worry about sending me an email. Don't tag me, any of those things, Right? And listen, I'm going to work hard to be faithful in this text, right? I don't think that it's a, I don't think that it's a sequential like dating relationship, but I do believe that it's like seven or eight poems that give some general insight into relationships, all right? All right, here we go. So let me, let me tell you about, write these down. These are the five topics, overarching topics that we're going to talk about. Let me give you a roadmap so that you know where we're headed, okay? Here's, one, here's the first topic we're going to talk about. Physical attraction, beauty, and insecurities. Physical attraction, beauty, and insecurity. Right? We're going to talk about what beauty is. We'll talk about how you cultivate it, how you develop it, what true beauty is, and then how do you deal with those pesky things called insecurities that rear their head when you finally get into the relationship. Right? So we're going to talk about that. Here's the, here's the second thing. We're going to talk about the dating process. The dating process. Right? What it should look like what it shouldn't look like, who to avoid, what to avoid, how to avoid it, okay? Going to give you some general guidelines and what you should do, all right? Here's the next one. You ready? Just let me know when you say amen. amen. All right, here we go. Next one is we're going to talk about sex, all right? Now, I know somebody's like, well, pastor, I know what you're going to say about sex. You're going to say that single people shouldn't do it and married people should do it a lot. It's... I promise you it's much more uh, full than that. I, pr I promise you that. Yeah, I understand that, right? right? Mentally, I want to show you in the Bible why God doesn't want you to engage in sex until you're married. All right? Because I know that some of us are like, well, we're going to get married. We already got the date. I got the ring. I could just do what I want to do, right? No. Your, your body is not yours. God has the authority over your body. You didn't create yourself. And so that being the case, then we need to submit to the one in whom created us and has authority over our bodies, right? If that's your, if that's your worldview. Maybe it's not. And if it's not, welcome to the cookout. We're happy you're here, okay? And so, and so on top of that, we're going to have the talk, right? Now, I, I'm, I'm guessing one of two things happen when your parents or somebody you love had to talk with you. The first one, one extreme was they told you, boy, you better not bring no babies up in this house. Right? That was one. And you're like, what does that mean? What? Or you had the really vague talk. Like, hey, <laughs> how you doing? 
Your body's going through some changes. Okay? Just be careful. Right? That's what they told you. But what's really bad is the church was kind of silent. Your parents were vague. But the culture was loud. I don't know about you, but um, I grew up in uh, the 90s R&B 2000s music. So I got discipled by, about sex by the yin-yang twins. Jagger, 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 jagger. That's who showed me, right? And Drew Hill, that's who I was like, what? I was like, what did they say? How deep is your love for me? Oh, whoa, whoa. I was like, woo, you know, woo. So, so we got discipled about sex through the music and culture. And so what I want to do is I want to have a frank conversation, the conversation that your parents should have had with you. I want to do that today, okay? I, I, know, I know that that's going on. And, uh, yeah, the, and, and then I want to talk about lifelong love. I think that's number four, right? We're going to talk about how you maintain love, how you grow it, how you deepen it, how you draw it out of your spouse. And lastly, we're going to talk about conflict and fighting, okay? Did y'all get all those? You got them? Okay. So <laughs> conflict and fighting is great, right? You have one of two people in a relationship typically. When it's, time to con- when it's time for conflict, you have that one person that's ready to fight. They're like, you know what? I've been waiting to have this conversation with you anyway because you know what? It's- I've been holding my tongue for too long, right? And so I'm about to say what I have to say, right? You got that person. And then you have the other person that's conflict diverse. It's like, oh, no, babe, no. No, it's okay. Do what you want to do. No, right? You get those. And God bless the relationship where you have two people that fight the same way. Woo. I'm going to have to call the police on somebody if they do that, right? So, so you got the fight or flight. So I'm going to explain all this. I know this is the long introduction, but I'm trying to help us here. So that's where we're going. And so what I want to do over the next few weeks by introduction, I want to tell you, verse 1, that this is written by this guy named Solomon. Solomon was a political figure in Israel. Uh, he was the... He was the well, the third king in Israel, he, had, he was an amazing songwriter. Um, he wrote over a thousand songs. Dude was really brilliant. And he's, he's talking about in this verse exclusive love between a married couple. But if you know Solomon, you know that he had 700 women, 700 wives, 300 concubines. My first thought is how much sex can you have? That, that's my first thought. That's my first thought. My second thought is that's a lot of birthdays to remember. I was like, man, dude, what do you do on Valentine's Day? You got to break the bank. Do something for your wife or your girlfriend for Valentine's Day, by the way. Um, I'm going to do something. Uh, so, yeah, so what scholars say is he's writing about the relationship he wish he had, or he's writing this during the chasing years when his wisdom grew, when he realized that marriage is just not a political, there we go, marriage is just not a political ploy, but rather is something to develop life-giving love. Okay, does that make sense? All right, cool. So for the rest of our time today, I'm going to talk about what's called dating. <laughs> yes, yes. I want to talk about dating, okay? So um, recently, you'll know that Rihanna and ASAP Rocky announced that they were having their first child together. Okay, boom, there they go, right? They announced that they're having a, a, their first child together somewhere. Drake is crying right now. <laughs> He's like, what? I've come back to you. <laughs> Y'all ain't in the world. It's okay. It's all right. Y'all ain't in the world. And so she debuts this picture in, in Harlem. She's walking down the street. And let me t- just tell you, it was captured by every news media out- news outlet. You can take it off the screen now before I get canceled. Uh, from, from People Magazine to CNN, it was covered by every news outlet. And surprisingly, here's the surprising thing. 
is a lot of the news outlets describe the relationship very differently. Some said they were dating. Others said that they were in a committed relationship, right? And so I was like, what I realized is that their definition of what they have is all over the place. And I think it's indicative of what's going on in our culture right now. Because what's happening now is no, we no longer want to define what we're in. It's ambiguous. So what ends up happening is we just call it dating because it's this catch-all term to use for relationships that could either be casual hookups or long-term commitments. Are y'all hearing me today, church? So, so, from, so dating now can be anything. It can be serious or casual. It can be monogamous or open. It can be short-term or long-term. So not only is dating the term kind of confusing, but there's a lot of people have a lot of different motivations behind dating. I text my single friends about this, and this is, what, this is some of the stuff they said. They said some people are just dating because they want casual sex. They just put up the picture. Some are dating because they're trying to scam you out of money. The, the Tinder swindler. Some of y'all are like, man, if he tried to get that money from me, <laughs> it, I, would, I got so many student loans, it wouldn't even have gone by. I mean, I would, <laughs> how you get a loan for a quarter million? Couldn't, let me go on, let me go on. Let me, some of us date because we just get, trying to get taken out to eat. Some want a Birkin bag. They want gifts, right? Right? Some of us are dating because we're lonely. Some of us date because we're trying to overcome a heartbreak. Some of us date not because we really like the person, but because we know that if we date that person, it's going to really hurt our ex. Right? That's some of, so here, here's some other ones. Here, here's some other ones. Some people date because they want family approval. Your family has been pressuring you to get in a relationship for so long and has threatened to cut you off. So you just decided, you know what, I'm just going to jump into this. Right? Some of us are dating because of social pressure. Some of us are trying to find fulfillment. Some people are dating even though they're in a relationship because they're looking to satisfy some sexual fetish that they're not getting in their current relationship. There's a lot of different reasons, right? And here's what's happening. Many of us are suffering heartbreak right now because... What you want and your potential suitor want are two different things. You wanted the ring in the aisle when they just wanted you in bed for a while. Does that work? Does that, I worked on that. I worked on that. I was in the house like. Shh. Was that a spoken word? Okay, we'll, we'll snap on that then. We'll snap. We'll snap on that. We'll snap on that one. I didn't know if that was going to work. I'm definitely going to try it out at second service. All right. But there's a lot of heartbreak that goes on, right? You're like, well, I thought he loved me. He's going to propose to me. Next thing you know, you've been in a relationship or dating for three years, and the relationship is not progressing. And so, so what I think we have to do is we have to define what dating means. We have to define it, okay? Now, I'm assuming, and I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong about this, send an email to Julian at AccelerateChurch.tv, Okay? <laughs> But I'm assuming that a lot of us get into dating relationships because we're hoping that it's going to eventually lead to a long-term lasting marriage, right? Am I right? So here's how I'm going to define dating. Here it is. You ready? You can write this down. It's a stage in a romantic relationship 
whereby two people are assessing one another's suitability for a marriage. Okay? Let's leave that up there for a little bit so you can get that. Okay? Is that a fair definition? Right? That's, fair, that's a fair definition. Jay is taking pictures. Jay been married 25 years. Boy. I'm just playing. He's like, I'm going to teach my son this as soon as I get home. Right? That's what dating is. Right? That's how we're defined dating in the context of this series. Right? And so let me put my big idea out there. All right? I'm going to bring this back each time. Are you ready? All right, here we go. In dating, physical attraction is key, but so is character and community. Okay? All right? Here it is. Let me give it to you one more time. In dating, physical attraction is key, but so is character and community. Is that fair? All right, here we go. Let me give you my first, let me give you my first key. If you're ready, just say amen. Here's the first one. Physical attraction is key. In dating, physical attraction is key. Now, listen, listen to me. We don't know this woman. We don't know who she is. All we know is that she is overwhelmingly attracted to this man. Right? You meet here a woman that is burning with desire, expressing her wants. See, that's why I love the Bible, because it's always doing things that's countercultural. See, this is a patriarchal society, and here the book begins with a woman expressing her needs. This is God's little inbreaking to let you know that I don't follow the rules of patriarchy. Women are empowered and powerful, and here she is expressing what she wants. I love it. I love it. Now, listen, listen to what she says. She says, oh, hmm, oh, that he would kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, apparently in Egypt and in, the, and in this area, there were these things called nose kisses. And nose kisses were the equivalent of like kisses. Oh, like, oh, hey, sis, you know, kissing people on the cheek. Uh, she's saying, that's not the type of kisses I want. She's like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that. And she's going to explain what it is. She's saying, I, I want him to kiss me with his lips. And I want you to notice that the kisses are plural, and she doesn't say, I want kisses on my lips. What she's suggesting is that she want kisses all over. PG. Can, can, is that fair? That's the text. I'm in the text. I'm in the text. Don't act prude. I know what y'all be watching. I know what y'all watch. Y'all just finished up Issa Rae. Right? What's it called? What's the name of the show? Insecure, y'all just finished up. Anyway, let me go on. I love East. I love her. I'm just saying, but you know, the show's a little, you know. Anyway, it's a little suggestive. It's like this, right? She says, kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. So the reason she says this is because she's been staring at his lips. She's been staring at his lips. She's probably, in the words of James Robertson, she's probably been having conversation with him and then losing focus because she's just focusing on his mouth. She, she's, she's, get this, she's imagining what would it be like for them to be together. And so what this is saying is that she is attracted to his body. Okay? You get that? Why y'all been, y'all been stepped during the sex talk? Okay, here it is. Here it is. Listen, it gets deeper. It gets deeper. Then she says, your caresses whoo, are better and more delightful than wine. Now, 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 sometime when they use this word caresses, right, it's really, this is really a cleaned up version of it, right? Caresses is really talking about sexual activity when someone becomes mature, when a woman becomes mature and gets into the, a marriage. 
So what she's saying is, I'm imagining myself being with him. And she's not talking about procreative sex. She's talking about pleasurable sex that has the impact on her body that wine would have on her body. She's like, I cannot wait till the day that you help me become drunk off the hormones of my body. I can't wait till that oxytocin is released in my body and I'm feeling the stream of blood through all of my appendages. I can't wait for that. That's the text. That's the text. That's the Bible. That's the Bible. That's the Bible. She's like, yeah, I'm cool with all the childbearing sex and all that, but I'm looking for the day that we can actually do this thing, right? So she's saying that, So not only that, like she's saying that these things, like something happens to me when you're around. And so this man, this man, I don't know what he has on. I don't know what type of cologne he has on. But she's like, not only do you look good, but you smell good as well. She said, I don't know what this man is wearing. She said, I love your lips, and I can't wait to be intoxicated with your physical love. And on top of that, you smell good. This is actually backed by neuroscience. I looked it up. Right? When, when, when you recognize the, the smell of someone you really love, what it does is it releases oxytocin. And oxytocin is known as the love hormone. So it's the combination of his body scent, his musk, and his cologne is creating like a psychedelic effect on this woman that sends her heart into a frenzy. Right? So let me just say something. Here's my point here. Is that in marriage, physical attraction or in relationships, physical attraction is not everything, but it is important. Now, there may be some rare instances in which it's not the first thing you notice if, if that happens, okay? But for the most part, that's what it's talking about. Let me, let me just give, can I give you an example? Can I give you some receipts? Adam and Eve were in the garden of Eden. Adam is created out of the dust, breathing life. And he's naming the animals. He's got authority. Check this out. Before he got married, he had a job. Before he got married... He was responsible. Before he got married, he knew that he was a son of God, and that shaped his entire worldview. And so God puts him to sleep, and then he takes the rib out of Eve. He doesn't take, the rib, he doesn't take a piece of bone out of the head because she'd be superior. She doesn't take it, he doesn't take it out of the foot because she would be inferior. He takes it out of the side so that they can be equal. A help meet for him. The word help meet there is the word azer nagat. It's like when a warrior is in trouble and they say help. They're saying that the woman is the help of a man like a warrior would be for someone that was stuck in a battle and didn't have any help. Y'all ain't talking back to me up in here today. I'm trying to help somebody. And so he creates her. And then the next thing you know, as soon as Adam wakes up, he starts singing a, a song. He's like, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Woo. He just starts singing. Because he was physically attracted to her. There's another Old Testament patriarch. His name is Isaac. He sees his wife, Rachel. He was like, she's beautiful in appearance. When, when God bought her, when, when, when Eliezer bought him to her, he didn't even get to know her name. He just took her directly into the tent. Right? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So physical attraction is very, very important. It's a part of it, but, somebody say but, it's not all that there is. 
you need, that's a one, if, the Bible does not suggest one-dimensional view of beauty and physical attraction. So beauty, here, here's why. Because beauty can be so captivating that you will be fooled into believing that it's the only thing that matters. And what the Bible is trying to say is sometimes what you need is a deeper beauty that actually enhances the physical beauty. How do I know? Because, because Solomon wrote another chapter in Proverbs 31. He says, charm is deceitful, beauty is fleeting, but a woman that fears the Lord will be praised. So what does that mean? What does it mean for beauty to be, fle- to be fleeting? Well, you know, you know, gravity. I, I don't know. You know? You know, you see this gray hair here, right? Like things change as you get over as you get older. Things change. Gravity, you know, wrinkles things and pulls them down and all that type of stuff, right? Is that <laughs> We're getting to know each other, okay? We're getting to know each other. Right? Well, here's another reason, right? Here's another one, because beauty fades with age at times. But Let's say your spouse is as handsome when you marry them or as beautiful when you marry them as they are right now. Eventually, that beauty or that attractiveness will not have the same effect on you long term. And so you you will be ultimately disappointed with it long term. That's why it's important to have the deeper beauty than the physical beauty. Are y'all with me? So physical attraction is key. But it's not all there is. There needs to be something deeper. And let me tell you, here's, here's the second key. You ready? Here it is. Here it is. Not, only is. not only is physical attraction key, but character is essential. Character is essential. Say that again. Character. How do I know? Look at this. Look at this. Look what she says. She's not just infatuated with how he looks. She loves his character. Look what she says. His name is perfume poured out. No wonder the young women adore you. She's saying that she's attracted to him, not just because of how he looks and his physical features, but his name. His name is representative of his character. Right? Let me, let me get this in the words of one Brooklyn expositor. Like, take hy- we take hygiene for granted. We take, we take showers and baths for granted. But during this time, it was very, very expensive to take a bath because you had to draw the water, you had to heat it up, and it was even more expensive to actually uh, bathe in oils, which is what she's talking about. So what she's making, the she's, she's saying that his name is as valuable and his character really matters. It's as valuable as these hygiene products here that, that are really costly and expensive. Does that make sense? So, like, like, she's like, yo, your name really means a lot. You ever have a certain name mentioned in a room and you just scrounge up your face like, Ugh. Some of y'all don't know them right now. You somebody's name, you're like, oh, God, yes. You know what I'm saying? You get upset with them right now. It, it, it can either enhance the energy in a room or it can deflate. And he says, you're not, he, she's saying that you have character. You are not, you have character. You're not lazy. You're not incompetent. You're not prideful. You have a good reputation. And I'll be honest with you. If you're not careful, you will be so attracted to how someone looks that you will be blinded to their character. Blinded to it. And this is really a warning here. Like the way, like we can be so enamored with how they look, 
how they smell and how they smile and that you'll forget that character is the most important thing. It is like like and sometimes you can be so captivated with how somebody looks. You like it's all right. It's okay that they always shut down and don't know how to do conflict management. It's okay because look at those dimples. It's okay that he got angry like that because, you know, we all get angry sometimes. Maybe I just made him mad. Oh, it's okay that he doesn't know how to properly manage his finances. Look at those waves. They might fall out. They might. They might fall out. They might fall out. Like, it's all right. Yeah, I mean, he puts his phone down sometimes. And he's got a privacy screen on it. But, you know, it's okay because, you know, you know, we're getting to know each other. He looks really, really good. (laughs) Try to help somebody. Does that person have a secretive past? Those dimples can't help them overcome that secretive past. Right? Like, 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 listen, let me just tell you, the biggest thing in dating that I see is a lot of times men and women Get involved with people that have, they might look good on the outside, but they are ugly on the inside. Their character has not been vetted. We don't know who they are. You know what I'm saying? So, so what I'm saying is character is so important. And many of us, let me just be honest, many of us could avoid so much heartache if we just ask some deeper questions. How do they act around your friends? How do they act around their friends? What's their relationship like with their parents? What's their credit score? I'm saying you got to ask sometimes. Let me, t- let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. I know of a young lady that went on a date with a young man, didn't do the full background check on him, found out later after she had developed feelings for him that he had actually been on ca- How to Catch a Predator with Chris Hansen. Yeah, woo, yeah, yeah. Woo, yeah, Exactly. Yeah, I was like, ooh, that was scary, huh? I asked him before I told the story, too. Catch a, how to catch a predator. You got to do some background check. You better Google them. You better find who knows this person. Who knows them? Bring them to church. Because you need some saints that have something called discernment. I'd be like, mm, I don't know. I don't know about this guy. What's your favorite Bible verse? Huh? What's your, what's, your, what's your devotional life like? You read the Bible? What, paper paper or, the, the, or the Bible app? Oh, all right. Oh, all right. Oh, all right. I'm going to just be honest. I'm telling I'm telling you. I'm going to go off the cuff here. I'm going to just say this. Don't, don't, don't pop up in this church. Don't just pop up in a relationship with somebody online that we ain't meet. You'll get a holy cuss out. You will get a whole, you will, I'm just going to be honest. I won't drop no names or say anything, but you will get a cuss out. Right? You know why? Because as your pastor and as like the dad of this house, we have spiritual authority. And I have to give an account for what you do with your soul and your life. And so sometimes your pastor and others can see things that you can't see. Are y'all hearing me? And if you feel like you got to hide that relationship, you probably shouldn't be in that relationship. If you feel that way, I'm just trying, I'm just trying to help. Let me go. Okay. Okay. Here, here's the last one. I got a rule. Here we go. Last one. Community is important. 
Community is important. Look what she says. Verse 4, he go, she goes, we will rejoice in you and we will celebrate your caresses more than wine. Now, remember, this is a little chorus of women that, that are in deep, a tight-knit group of women that are in relationship with this young lady. And they are so vulnerable that she's telling them about her sexual urges. Are y'all hearing me? Right? So, so she was, she, they know about these urges that she's having and they're celebrating them with her. Right? So what I'm saying is when it comes to dating, don't think that you have all the wisdom on your own in that relationship. Because your friends and your family can often see things that you can't see. And they see it ahead of time. Right? So community, listen, community is so important because some of us are just, we're just missing the red flags. You're just missing the red flags. Some of us shouldn't even be dating yet, to be honest with you, because you're still going through a healing process from your last breakup. You're dealing with loneliness issues. It's not to say that you can't have love. It just means that sometime when you have insecurities, unhealthy people will try to prey on them. I'm going to talk about that next week. I'm going to talk about that. Like how we all have a level of emotional baggage, and that's got to be dealt with before we bring those suitcases into the relationship. So this is what he's saying. Your friends are, should ask you questions like this. What's your intention behind dating? Have you set healthy boundaries? You shouldn't be Netflix and chilling with nobody. Because you overlook the power of your flesh. Your willpower is not as strong as, your, as the pull on you to do things that are not godly. Let me just help you. Paul didn't tell his son Timothy to, hey, set healthy boundaries with sexual immorality. He said, flee, run for your life. And some of y'all just need to run, right? <laughs> Another thing you need to realize is you need to provide, you need feedback, from your community. You need, this is what Proverbs 18, y'all can play, I'm finished up. This is what Proverbs 18.1 says. It says, whoever isolates himself, seeks his own desires, he will break out against sound judgment. Man, and I'm just telling you that when it comes to relationships, you can't do this by yourself. When it comes to dating relationships, yes, physical attraction is important. But character and community is just as important. Stop trying to do it on your own family. Are y'all hearing me today? And ultimately, let me just, let me tell you why we're studying this book. Because I think God often brings the greatest joy and often sometimes the greatest pain happens through relationships. Right? And somebody might be in here like, yo, I don't have a relationship. I don't have any prospects. How does this apply to me? Like, what, what, what can I do? Here's what I want you to know. Even if you don't have the relationship you want, in Jesus, you can have the relationship that you really need. Because here's the thing, is that Jesus allowed his relationship with the Father to be severed so that we could be welcomed in in family. Like, if you take a stock of all the things that we, all the red flags that we have. And Jesus said, you know what? I love them so much that I'm going to go and experience the cross on their behalf. I'm going to die in their place. And then I'm going to give them, since it's the Olympics, the gold medal so that they can be a part of my family. And 
and I'll be honest, this book is really about how this man is pursuing after this young lady that's riddled with insecurities. And oh, that's a picture of Jesus and his church. How Jesus left his eternal throne, came down into sinful flesh to be wed to his bride so that we can be his family for eternity. So I want you to know, church, this is really about the love of Christ. And I so want you to meet him today. Why why, why don't we bow our heads, close our eyes. I'm going to pray for you. And let me just say while you're there, let me just say this. The feeling that you're experiencing right now in your heart is not because of the lights. It's not because of the crystal clear sound. It's not because of the band. It's not because of what you heard from me. What you're feeling in your heart right now is Jesus wants to invite you into his family. And he wants you to be a part of having your eternal destiny altered for the glory of God. And so today, I, I promise you, I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise you, I won't embarrass you. But if you're looking for that relationship with Jesus today, if you're looking to grow and to figure out that love for him, I promise I won't embarrass you. Just put your hand high in the air so I can see you. And so I can acknowledge you. If that's you, put it up. Let me see you. Amen. Amen. For the rest of us, let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray lift up all of those under the sound of my voice. Those struggling in relationships, those trying to figure out their life post the relationship. Father, would you encourage them? Would you nurture their faith? Would you help us in these dating relationships right now? So that we will do them in a way that's honest and has integrity before you. So Lord, we love you. We give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Everybody that agree with that, say amen. Come on, can we give God some praise in this place?